Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Caffeinated Clinton Robinson here, back again with another episode. If you happen to be new here, this is the podcast where I cover a comic roughly in the span of time it takes to have a nice little coffee break. Today's episode is going to be a little bit strange, a little bit different, and dare I say, a little bit dark. In fact, I will say that because this time around we are looking at The Dark from Continuum Comics. Or maybe it's Continuum. There's only one U, but it's got an umlaut, so, you know, whatever. This is something that I was gifted for Christmas by my lovely wife, Rachel. It's definitely something I had never even heard of before, but she knows my taste pretty well. And upon seeing this cover alone, I knew I'd have to podcast about it, for good or ill. So, no more dilly-dallying. Let's get to it. The Dark, Volume 2, Number 1. Wait, Volume 2? Yeah. We'll get to that after the synopsis. Writer and Creator, Joseph Naftali. Pencils by Mark Bright. Inks, Dan Panosian with Max Binks. Letters, Dempsey and Chang. Colors, Kurt Mossert. Editor was Andrew Murin, and the editor-in-chief was Jeff Algrier. It's autumn in Lower Manhattan, as we see a dark-clad ninja commando-type figure standing atop a building. This is the Dark, and he narrates this issue. The Dark informs us that he is over 820 years old and he recently received an invite from some futuristic goons to meet his doom tonight. How could he refuse, right? The Dark spots his targets exiting a limo below. The man is dressed in a slightly futuristic commando garb, while his associates all look like stock extras from an episode of the A-Team. Too bad for the Dark that they managed to get the drop on him, partially blinding him, and definitely putting him in a haze. He falls to the street where he must engage in a physical battle. But it's okay, because the Dark is a master of all kinds of forgotten martial arts. Or something. He takes out guys with lightsabers. Lightsabers, folks! But when the commando guys start to crowd around, the Dark decides discretion is probably the better part of valor. During this time, we're treated to a series of flashbacks, and trust me, they are interspersed between scenes of fighting and running and fighting and running, so, you know, I'll mostly stay on course here. 
we see scenes of Alan, a.k.a. The Dark, and a woman named Jennifer meeting, falling in love, and Jennifer testing Alan's blood to help determine why he doesn't age. So, catching back up to the present, the Dark has managed to take care of most of the regular commando guys. However, he's less prepared for the one wearing mech armor. But that's okay. Their leader, a man who calls himself Futura, steps forward. Seems he knows all about Alan, a.k.a. the Dark. Futura blasts him with some sort of future weapon. Pretty obvious, right? And this is the point where the Dark's narration tells us that he died. There are two epilogues, but neither has much bearing on this issue story, and instead seem to kind of build for future installments. So, let's take a break, and I'll be right back. I hope he's home. Why does it sound like I'm using a phone in the UK? I told you never to call me again. Yeah, I know. And modern science has yet to create a device to measure how much I don't care. Look, I'm getting the trailer for this year's JL May together, and I assumed I had to make you a part of it since you're always in everybody's trailer or something. (laughs) Well, look at you leading this year's JL May. Somebody's wearing his big boy pants. So what's the theme? I sent you an email like a month ago. Like I even pay attention to anything you send me. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? No, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I'm not following. Shocking. The theme this year, I'm I'm going to, like I'm talking to a child. The theme this year is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I thought it was a fascinating time period in DC's history. So a bunch of us are getting together to talk about the various specials and miniseries and crossovers that led up to Infinite Crisis. It's the event before the event. The whole thing is going to kick off on April 30th, 2020, with a special episode of Views from the Long Box covering the Countdown to Infinite Crisis 80-page giant, and from there, a whole bunch of shows that I will be adding in post-production will discuss these previously mentioned miniseries and crossover issues. And people actually agreed to this? Shockingly, yes! Well, it's probably a good thing that you're going to cover Countdown to Infinite Crisis instead of the Countdown series, because that was a train wreck. Yeah, you know, actually, that was my thinking, too. Now, are you going to help me with this trailer or not? Fine. I will help you with your little trailer. Good. Uh, Don't worry, by the way. There won't be any dates for you to get wrong. I hate you so much. J.L. May 2020. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. The event before the event. This crossover kicks off on April 30th, 2020. On Views from the Long Box. And continues into... Aquaman and Firestorm. The Fire and Water Podcast. Robin. Everyone loves the drink. Pop Culture Affidavit, It All Comes Back to Superman, The Fan Holes Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Married with Comics, The Coffee and Comics Podcast, The Longbox Crusade, Task Force X, 
Relatively Geeky Presents, Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace, and the Dr. DC Podcast. Okay, so, according to the preface on the inside cover, despite this issue arriving in 1993, the author had created the Dark as a character in the RPG Villains and Vigilantes back in the early 80s. And I can totally believe it, the way he comes across. Also, according to the preface, this is technically a reprinting of the original The Dark number 1, just with a new cover and new coloring team. So I guess we really haven't missed much. Okay, whatever. So, what do I think of Mr. Neftali's story? Well, actually, despite this being 95% a fighty-fight issue, this really isn't too bad. Naftali has a few issues with his pacing. You know, the flashbacks don't serve much of a purpose, or, you know, really need to be included the way they are. And quite frankly, the Dark feels much like somebody's RPG character in all the bad ways. But... The story itself is actually kind of interesting. I'm genuinely curious to know why exactly Alan has been alive 800 plus years. I want to know. How did Futura know all about the Dark? I honestly want to know why he's called the Dark if he has no darkness-based powers or anything like that. But that one's beside the point. Okay, okay. So the story is probably about a six and a half out of ten. Seven tops. It's dumb 80s action movie brain candy. Big whoop, right? Right. People. The art team is where this book's true colors lie. Pun intended. From the very cover, you know that this is a 90s book. Red chromium backgrounds and shiny red in the dark's eyes. Muscles and padded armor. No pouches, though. But, oh, man. Once you get inside, it is so glorious to see. That opening splash page is just exactly what you want from a book like this. The Dark stands over his city like the D-list Batman we think he is. But it works. The expressions are amazing, and that's from a book who has... 98% of the characters wearing masks. And I do mean masks. They cover all but the eyes, if even those are exposed. The action scenes are clear to follow. The characters stay on model through the whole issue. And quite frankly, the art will keep you from putting this down when the story begins to fail you in places. I'm not sure how large a print run this had. Honestly, I don't think I had even heard of this publisher before I got the book. So goodness knows how easy or hard it will be to try finding a copy. But, would I suggest you grab it if you do happen to find one? Very much yes. This is such an oddity. It combines the strange wilderness of third-party publishers in the 80s and 90s with the absolute bonkers crapshoot of artists in the early 90s. If you judged it by the cover, you'd think that you just had a bad image knockoff in your hands. But the inside proves it's more like a halfway decent Dark Horse knockoff. 
But seriously, seriously, I doubt you'd be too upset with what you find if you grab a copy. And if you find yourself reading further along, please do tell me how a dead The Dark manages to live into future issues. Okay, time for another quick break, and I'll be back with listener feedback. Monthly, monthly, monthly! It's Action Film Face-Off! Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action Film Face-Off! Yes, thank you, Jared. Action Film Face-Off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets... Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris. Technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet. But it could happen, because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it! We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our Video Dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. <laughs> but we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. <laughs> Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade. Or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see The Blood Fly. I just said that. Okay, and we're back. Last episode, which I'll remind you was our Alan Moore Spectacular with guests John and Maggie from Married with Comics and The Rod Pod. The last episode got... Twitter likes and retweets from Married with Comics, Maggie Schaefer Hames, Delvin Williams, The Hammer Strikes, Professor Frenzy, Green Lantern HG, Tim Price, The Long Box of Darkness, Paul Hicks, Ed Moore, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Sean Ross, Billy Delicious, Angel Abathur Rockbot, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Christopher Hamby, and Xenozoic Xenophiles. Over on Facebook, we got likes and shares from Tim Price, Jonathan Schaefer Hames, Maggie Schaefer Hames, Al Sadano, Robert Myers, Gene Hendricks, Alan Middleton, Hal Jordan, Rick Heineken, and Ruth and Darren Sutherland. 
Over on Twitter, we got some feedback from the Long Box of Darkness. That's our good friend Herman Lowe. He said, this, this episode is going to cure my coronavirus blues. Well, I hope it did, Herman. I hope it did. Green Lantern HG said, Nah, I wouldn't say you would be hated for this episode or anything else for that matter. I mean, I did hear a puppy cry, but I'm sure it's a coincidence. Great episode, guys. Given Mr. Moore is very controversial. That he is, HG, but we still had fun talking about him. Sean Ross said, Three wizard people talking about an actual wizard. Well, I mean, I couldn't have summed it up any better, Sean. Okay, so that seems to be the feedback for the last episode, but we're not done, folks. Over on the website, which is coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, I'd been a little bit negligent on keeping up with everybody's comments. Our good pal Martin Gray decided to give us a comment on the Hawkman episode we did a couple months back. He said, I jumped off Hawkman by this point. He had a mom named Naomi, right? I'm intrigued to hear that Steve Lieber, currently doing wonders on Jimmy Olsen, was drawing. I shall check this out if DC Unlimited, or whatever it's called, ever comes to the UK. Well, I'm sorry you don't really have access to it yet, Martin, but it's definitely on there, so hopefully it'll be there soon for you guys, and you can check it out. So, that's going to wrap it up this time, folks. I know this one was short and sweet, but that's okay. We got some bigger things on the horizon coming your way in just a few weeks. So, be sure and come back and listen to us. I'll be happy if you do. You'll be happy if you do too, I'm sure. So, just remember, until next time, this is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg.